Louisiana Eats is brought to you with support from Louisiana Fish Fry, a staple of Louisiana kitchens for nearly 40 years. Maker of batters, coatings, boils, tartar sauce, cocktail sauce, and more. Dig into homemade Louisiana flavor. From our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, this is Louisiana Eats. I'm Poppy Tooker. Just as with everything in this ongoing pandemic, this year's COVID carnival will be a far cry from anything we've seen in the past. But there is one constant that remains unchanged, and that's our beloved king cake. No balls, no parades, but don't worry, there's more king cake than ever to go around. On this week's show, we're celebrating that sweet treat like never before. We begin with a tiny North Shore treasure, Morgan Street Bakery, where baker Christine Schmitz crafts a traditional French-style confection, redolent with almond paste, that's almost a lost art. We'll hear from the famous Randazzo family, who ships so many king cakes across the world from their Slidell Bakery that they've even patented a special base to ensure each king cake arrives in pristine condition. And wait till you hear about the debut of a new rum cream liqueur that bears the famous Gambino's name. It's a must for mixing this year's Mardi Gras cocktails, although it's pretty delicious all by itself. Loosen your belt and sharpen your sweet tooth. It's king cake time on this week's Louisiana Eats. I am Christine Schmitz, owner and baker at Morgan Street Bakery in Madisonville. Just across Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans, tucked into the tiny town of Madisonville, is a humble little bakery housed in an old cottage just off Main Street. There, Christine Schmitz turns out some of the best French pastries found anywhere on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. And you know, it is like a little taste of France because people drive up on their bicycles and they get their coffee and then they get their king cake. And, you know, Madisonville is such a quaint little town anyway. And it, sometimes I do kind of feel like, well, maybe I am in Paris. <laughs> maybe I am in France. Browse the breakfast menu at Morgan Street Bakery and you'll find classics like pain au chocolat, and coffee eclairs, but also less typical fare, like peach braids and almond crescent cookies dipped in chocolate. The pana raisin is another breakfast item that you can't get too many places. I roll the croissant dough with pastry cream and raisins. We make our own pastry cream. I don't cut too many corners, you know, I like made from scratch. Also popular are Christine's gâteau, or cakes, all prepared with a Louisiana touch. When I'm as a pralines and cream, we do a cafe LA cake. I do a cherries jubilee cake. You know, I try to make everything unique, something you can't get anyplace else. But this time of year, Morgan Street Bakery makes one item that's so popular, you need to order it in advance. 
a traditional French king cake. I do have to say, you know, some of my customers have wanted strawberry in the middle or cream cheese or something. And I say, no, sorry. I stick to the classic. It just works. It's amazing. So many people, you know, it amazes me that they haven't tasted one yet. But every year it gets a little bigger. In 2020, the cake was in such high demand that it sold out completely early into the carnival season. Christine's working to make sure that won't happen again. This year we might be making them 24 hours a day, (laughs) you know, but whatever it takes. It's such a way to celebrate because that's what we're all about. That's what our culture is. French, you know, and the French keep things simple but good. That's kind of my philosophy. We joined Christine virtually to learn about her love for French pastry and how she came to own and operate Morgan Street Bakery. Full disclosure, Christine and I have shared a very special food friendship for many years. Christine, you had a cooking school in Covington long before you had a bakery, didn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's way back. We're talking about the 70s. I had a kitchen shop. I opened it in 1975. Granny's Kitchen. It was on Lee Lane. I was there 10 years and sold the business in 1985. And we had so much fun on that street. I just met so many food people in 10 years at that little corner kitchen shop that's lasted a lifetime, like people like you. I didn't know what I was doing when it opened, but wound up working. (laughs) Well, we have both been long, long lovers of anything French. Yes. How did you go from Granny's Kitchen to Morgan Street Bakery? Well, after I sold the business, I um, really didn't know what I was going to do. One day, I drove across to New Orleans on Hesmer Street to see Maurice and Cecile Reve. They had used to have a shop in Covington. So I just stopped in to say hello to him because I hadn't seen him. And Maurice was like, come work for me. Come work for me. And I said, um, okay. So I started working for Maurice. And so I just got into pastry. It was like I fell in love with it. I was so blessed to be able to work for really good French pastry chefs. And another one was uh, Marcel Boyer. He had a pastry shop on Jefferson Street in um, Covington, and he used to work for the Four Seasons in New Orleans. So I just, I would stop at the library and pick up French pastry books and read. I couldn't get enough of it. It was really something. And I went to culinary school, and then I jaunted off to California to pastry school at the Culinary Institute. And then um, my mom got sick, and I came back to Louisiana And when I found the little place on Morgan Street, I said, this is it. I'm going to do my pastry shop. (laughs) I'm home. (laughs) I am back home. And how long has that been now? I opened Morgan Street about six years ago. I still, to this day, I do research on a constant basis. And all I'm trying to do is bring what I've learned over the last uh, 35 years to the table, you know, and the people over here have been so supportive and so accommodating. And my customers are just like my family. 
you know, it's like putting it's like putting a dinner on a table. When they come to pick up their box, I have it all ready for them. <laughs> and that, you know, I love it. I love it. I still pastry. I really thought I'd be tired of it by now, but I'm I'm more energized than ever. Well, it's such a happy business because truly you are in the business of making people happy. Right, right. And then when they go to the dentist, they're not happy. <laughs> but you would enjoy this. I read an article one time about from Thomas Keller, and he said that chefs were in the business to cook and also nurture people. This year was a year for us to nurture people. And I really think that a lot of the people that came in, you could tell it almost on their faces how they were having a bad, not the most pleasant year. But pastry makes people smile. Pastry makes, uh, you know, I always try to give them a little lanyap or something to make them, you know, excited about what they're taking home. And it just makes people happy. You know, we are in the business to nurture people. And this is a year to do it. <laughs> well, well, I know you're taking care of the whole crowd over there on the North Shore, everybody who um, you can. But I have read about your fabled king cake. I uh, hear they're hard to come by. Tell me about that Morgan Street Bakery king cake and what you've done with it over there. Well, you know, it's always been, I think some pastries have kind of like a fairy tale that goes with them. And this is a cake that was started about 50 miles south of Paris. It's a little town called Pitivier in France. And um, it's always been a cake that I've loved because it's the essence of what a good cake is. Uh, you know, they also call it the Galette de Wois. That is what I think crowns it off because it's a galette, you know, galette is a crispy cake, whether it be open-faced or enclosed. It's from this little town of PTVA, but the French took that cake and made it their king cake. So that is how it really got started. Americans overdo everything. I, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I just, I don't try to, you know, be judgmental, but what I like about the French is it's always, just an enhancement of something that makes it just shine like crazy. I like to just enhance the food. Uh, we do, well, let's start from the beginning. We do the puff pastry, and then we do my almond cream in the middle. And then we put a cherry for the king, um, which is kind of traditional. Then we enclose it. We put an apricot glaze on it. We have the Mardi Gras sugars on the top, um, only for the people who would want the sugar. And we always send them out with a crown, paper crowns that people can put on their head. And whoever gets the cherry has to wear the crown. <laughs> so it's kind of like games for adults. <laughs> of course. That is so wonderful. Now, do you have any idea how many king cakes you baked last year? The only way I could really tell is I ordered uh, 1,200 crowns, these little gold crowns. And we used them all. And <laughs> so I said, well, I guess we sold 1,200 of them. Will there be enough king cakes, do you think, in 2021? Yes. Oh, yeah. Whatever it takes, we get them out. We get them out for the people who, you know, can appreciate them and want them. We just find a way. I, I don't know how to explain it. I um, We just find a way to just make it happen. We do not ship, but we have a cute little post office a block away. <laughs> so 
if you wanted to ship it, you can just take your little king cake and walk right over there. You know, the uh, little Madisonville is not like the city. You know, there's not too many people in line. (laughs) Well, this has just been such a treat to get to visit with you, Christine. Oh, I tell you, it's a treat to be with you, too, again. Anytime I'm with you, it's a treat. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And I'll see you soon at Morgan Street Bakery. Okay, girl. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Christine Schmitz of Morgan Street Bakery in Madisonville, Louisiana. An extended version of this interview is available on our website, poppytooker.com. Coming up next, we visit a one-stop shop where a variety of king cakes from across southeast Louisiana are available daily. Louisiana Eats returns after the break. Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with major support from Camellia Brand, Beans Done Right, a New Orleans tradition since 1923, and from Crystal Hot Sauce, sponsor of our new Cooking with Poppy series. Since this year we're having a COVID carnival, on Saturday, February 6th, I'm hosting our first online cooking class to get you all ready to revel in place for Mardi Gras 2021. Cocktails, Creole food, and of course, king cake. I'll show you how. To learn more and reserve your spot, visit poppytooker.com. And now, back to Louisiana Eats. In New Orleans, the king cake business is booming. Nothing illustrates this trending craze better than the King Cake Hub. Through its mid-city pop-up and website, King Cake Hub offers cakes from bakeries across the Crescent City and southeast Louisiana in a one-stop shop. Well, the idea was to have a central location where people can get king cakes without having to drive out to Homa or to the West Bank or to River Ridge to be in one central spot. That's king cake baron Will Samuels, the man behind the business. There was a customer a couple of weeks ago who had a king cake from Kanata's and Kaluta's and Haido, and I was calculating and I said, I just saved you about three hours and 48 minutes of driving around town. Someone actually said it was kind of like the big easy of king cake shopping. It's for people who are lazy and don't want to have to go driving around. Yeah, okay, that's a good New Orleans, New Orleans style of king cake shopping. 
Louisiana Eats first spoke with Will following the launch of King Cake Hub on Twelfth Night, 2019. He described their splashy debut. It was a great day, and to be able to launch the King Cake Hub on that date, it was fantastic. We had uh, Betty Grunch in the bunch, uh, Panorama Brass Band, where they were on a streetcar, and where they got off their streetcar and they were playing as we marched down a block with the first King Cakes to be able to have the King Cake cutting. And then Professor Carl Naval uh, was there with Grand Marshal Mardi Gras, uh, and they cut the first piece. While that type of celebration isn't possible for this year's COVID carnival, Will has managed to keep the spirit of Mardi Gras alive as the King Cake Hub marks its third year in business. We joined him at his newest pop-up location at the Broad Street Theater to learn more. Well, one of the things that has attracted us to the Broad Theater is that, I mean, we it, it's always been just a neighborhood institution. We love going to movies here. It's such a fantastic place to go. We can't wait to be able to sit in the movie theater and watch something again, hopefully soon. Uh, so part of it is the ability to help them out during their time of need with their being shut down. It works well financially to have a great partnership. Um, programmatically, with their new venue, the Broadside, uh, they have concerts and events, and they'll be doing some other carnival-related programming, which we can partner with in a sort of a cross-promotional deal. So that works out well. Uh, Plush Appeal, the great carnival shop, is a couple blocks away, so it can really be like ground zero for this carnival season. So we're calling it Carnival, which was kind of challenging when we were coming up with it, but it's I believe it's Q-U-A-R-N-I-V-A-L. With the whole concept of reveling in plays, you know, celebrating carnival at home, doing everything you can to do it safely. One of the things here at the Broad is that we have a lot more space for customers, for our product. We have a separate area for pickups. We're able to be better socially distanced. Um, and just a, a, a bigger area for us to work with if we need to kind of uh, control people as they're coming in. Obviously, everybody's wearing a mask um, and playing it safe, washing hands, using sanitizer, and doing the smart things. Now, it's not just carnival, that, that quarantining carnival, but it's also, of course, about king cake. And the king cake landscape has changed a little bit more for this year. Tell me all the new things that we're going to be able to find at King Cake Hub this carnival season. Well, for the last several months, we knew that this season was going to be different. We knew the parades were going to be canceled. We knew that events were going to be different. But we knew that the one constant was going to be King Cakes, the perfect way to be able to celebrate the season. And in speaking to our bakery partners, they all thought it was going to be a strong season because... People are going to find a way to celebrate. No matter what happens, New Orleans finds a way to be able to continue the revelry. And fortunately for us, that's King Cakes. So we were expanding our lineup. We added on bittersweet confections, breads on oak, gracious bakery. And I was just about to go to print on our flyer. And I got an email from Brennan's saying that they're coming out with King Cakes. I'm like, oh, absolutely, we'll be happy to carry that. And so far, I mean, people, it, it, it has been very popular, very good buzz about it. People are spreading the word on social media. It's a beautiful cake. We actually had the uh, strawberry cream cheese for breakfast this morning. It was delicious. Uh, and then the other partnership that we're really excited about, um, one of 
my, our family's personal favorites has been Cake Cafe. And we've always wanted to carry it at King Cake Hub, but we couldn't because Steve could only make so many cakes over at the bakery. Uh, so we were obviously sad when we found out that, that Cake Cafe was closing, but then we found out that Noko was going to be in partnership with him to come up with the goat cheese apple and then a brand new cake working with French truck coffee, a cafe au lait filled king cake with three different types of local coffees. Uh, so happy to be able to support Steve and Noka and the culinary arts department with one of our favorite king cakes that we've always wanted to carry at King Cake Cub, and now we get the chance. Another remarkable thing that you're carrying here is you can come and actually get a king cake kit, something new that's from Gracious Bakery this year. Yes, they have come out with that product. We have not tried it yet, but we have heard it is good. Um, and it is uh, something funny, pretty easy cake to put together. All the instructions are right there. Um, and it's something locally made that is a, 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 a tasty thing. And we, we figured we would move some of that because, again, with another tangible element of carnival, how fun is it to have your family together and bake your own king cake and decorate your own king cake? And, and Gracious really gives a good opportunity to do that. Now, something else that you started, it's a new way that people are going to be able to have Mardi Gras seven days a week, 365 days a year. Tell me about Mardi Gras TV. Well, this was kind of going back in the summer as we were envisioning what this carnival season was going to look like. And we knew it was going to be different. We knew that things were going to be canceled. But we were focusing at King Cake Hub to figure out a way for people to revel in place to celebrate carnival at home and we had planned to expand our uh, curbside pickup and we're working with doordash for local delivery so that people can have everything they need to safely celebrate carnival but then we were like well let's take it up another notch from a programming standpoint we created an online tv channel mardigrastv.com which is all local new orleans content so we have concerts, we have educational programming, we have entertainment, we have sports, and every day is curated differently, and it's always just a day or so in advance. So if there's new content that's being added online, we're able to put it on the channel. So we have videos of Funny 40 Fellows, we have uh, Professor Carnival and Grand Marshal Mardi Gras from a, pod from a video podcast they did. We have some classic uh, Mardi Gras footage, and I think for this morning we had aired a video made from Gambino's Bakery in the early 80s, which was so wild. It was just so fun to watch it's the styles and what king cakes looked like then. And it was before we had all these crazy varieties of king cakes, but it was a really, really fun video, fun classic video to watch. So then during the season now, we have videos of favorite parades. So on the day that your favorite parade would normally ride, you'll be able to have sit and watch videos of the parade from the past. And we even have, you know, North Shore parades and Homa parades and Metairie parades all featured on the channel. So in theory, you'll be able to sit at home, watch MardiGrasTV.com, get a king cake delivered, do everything you need to celebrate carnival in place. How many king cakes do you have to choose from here all together? I've actually lost count. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 65. 65 king cakes? Who would think there were 65 different kinds of king cake? King cake is a remarkable commodity, isn't it? Yes, and they're coming out with some really creative flavors and creative varieties. And uh, part of the, the King Cake Coterie, the Central King Cake of the Week Club, really gives our bakeries an opportunity to come up with something really creative, and I look forward to trying those. Well, 
I'm honored to once again have the opportunity to speak with the King Cake Baron, Will Samuel. Thank you, Will. I am most honored by the title of King Cake Baron. It's something I appreciate. I think you have to put that on business cards. King Cake Hub owner, Will Samuels. King Cake Hub is located at the Broad Theater in New Orleans. At the turn of the 21st century, king cakes glazed with icing and injected with flavorful fillings were all the rage in New Orleans. If a bakery wanted to stand out in this decadent new era, you had to be good. Setting the pace on the growing king cake craze was Randazzo's Camellia City Bakery. For decades, the Slidell family business has been known for their innovative king cake creations, all rooted in a tradition that goes back generations. I think of us as the oldie but goodies. Uh, you know, we, we've been around a long time and, and we don't change. That's co-owner of Randazzo's Camellia City Bakery, Trisha Randazzo Zorns. My dad instilled in us very strict ways of making that king cake and we continue it today. It really is the old school way. I mean, you can even look around our bakery right now. You don't see conveyor belts. It's just a bunch of tables and some mixers and some ovens. That's Zach Zorns, Trisha's son and director of operations. We don't do it the fastest or the quickest way. We, we like to do it the best way that tastes the best and makes the, make, makes the most sense for us and, and our customers. The Randazzo family name has been synonymous with king cakes since 1965, the year Trisha's dad and two uncles opened Highland Bakery in Violet, Louisiana. After they moved to Chalmette in 1971, Trisha's husband, Lou Zorns, joined the family business. Following her dad's retirement in 1996, Trisha and Lou opened their own bakery on the North Shore, where they now focus all their energy on king cake production. Last year, we caught up with Trisha and her son, Zach, the next generation of baking randazzos, at their Camellia Street Bakery in Slidell. They started by sharing their earliest king cake memories. Mine was in, in Violet, Louisiana. I mean, we would go over there and my mom would be making cakes and everything. My dad would be the baker. Um, you know, my uncles were in there, my grandfather. It, it was just a big family affair. My, my earliest memory being the, in the mid 80s when I was in kindergarten. Uh, and, and I remember during the carnival time, different people would bring king cakes over for the kids and then we'd cut them up and I couldn't wait to bring uh, my family's king cake over. So when they did bring the uh, king cake over, I, I made sure, you know, my mom was always super sweet with it. And she made sure that every slice had a baby in it. So all the kids got the baby and it was just, it, it, was, it was always a special surprise. I, I, I've, and I felt like a little celebrity. And I remember when I was a kid as well, taking our class over to uh, the, the original bakery in Chalmette to do a field trip. And we were giving all the kids donuts. It, it, that was always been special. Anything for you. <laughs> now, I see from all of the different choices that you have in king cakes now that you all have moved along with that king cake evolution of filled king cakes. But you go back to before anybody was sticking anything but cinnamon in king cake, huh? 
Um, I'm not sure if we're the first or, or what, but it's back there. It goes a long way. We've um, And we do ours different than everybody else, too, I think. We pump our filling in between the braids. And our dough is braided, and then the filling goes in between, and it's not just one big jelly roll. Mm. And what are the earliest flavors that you... Because, you know, once upon a time, there was just king cake, king cake, king cake. Mm-hmm. And now there's king cake to the moon and back. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think the first ones would be cream cheese cream or the fruit fillings. Because oh, I mm-hmm. think the fruit fillings made an easy transition from mm-hmm. donuts and, and other kinds of um, bakery the, types of... Uh, the donuts, they right. could easily pump the king cakes too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How often do you eat king cake? Do you eat king cake every day? Pretty daily right now. <laughs> Especially during the season. My favorite last year is different than this year. Uh, right now, I, I have my favorite is uh, strawberry and cream cheese mix. It's just delicious. I have a bunch of favorites. I think anything mixed with cream cheese tastes great. Uh, all the fruit fillings taste great with cream cheese. Our pecan praline is one of my favorites, as well as the traditional. In terms of how often I eat it, uh, I'd like to bring one home to my beautiful wife and son. I'd say at least once a week where they get to enjoy it. Sometimes I bring it, you know, uh, where I let my son decorate his own little king cake when he gets home, and it, it just it's just a fun surprise. We call Luke the chief tasting officer. Yes. He's five years old, and he's so precious. Yes. <laughs> Has the field trip come here yet, or are you baking the king cake with the king cake baby in every slice for him? No, no. He's taking multiple trips to the bakery, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't been here when we're actually um, the, making the cakes. We usually we always make them in the middle of the night. So his favorite thing is rolling the racks around. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Legacy is a wonderful thing to have, but sometimes those in line. We're not so much interested in taking over the legacy. How has that worked in your family? Well, it was like a no-brainer for me. I, um, like all those years, I was a court reporter, but I guess for some reason I knew I was going to be in the bakery business one day. And I tried doing both when we first opened up. I tried being a court reporter and doing bakery. And my husband says, Tricia, if you're going to be in this business, you're going to have to give up one or the other. And so I gave up court reporting, came in the business, and stayed, and then never looked back. And as far as Zach's concerned, I know he gave up a lot to be with us, but I prayed for a long time for him to be in the business, so my prayers were answered. They were always in my... It's funny, there was a time early, when, when obviously when I was, I was younger, when I was in college or not, my dad would always be like, oh, it, you know... I think you were trying to get me to join, and he would be like, "Oh, you know, you don't want to be in front of the oven. It, it, you know, it's it's not it's not the most uh, fun occupation in terms of, of dealing with the heat and whatnot." But uh, slowly but surely, I, I think both of you ended up, yeah, always saying, "You know, you know, come come on board." You know, and it it, it worked out. And I'm I'm happy. I couldn't be happier. And Zach, how are you feeling about Luke and the ovens? <laughs> if if it's something that um, he's he has a passion for, I'll. 110% support it and teach him every every trick that I've learned over the years and picked up. Um, I just want him to be happy and healthy and, and just enjoy life. So wherever his uh, passions take him, I'll completely support it. So, Amen to that. The life of the king cake baker during the king cake season is really something else. Tell me what the hours are like and let's talk numbers because they have to be fascinating. The numbers are, are uh, mind-numbing. Uh, they're thousands upon thousands upon thousands uh, daily. Yeah, daily and, and then throughout the season. I, I work the oven all the time. 
12 to 14 to 16 hours plus a day. Uh, but uh, it, it, you feel like a zombie, but it, it's well worth it, especially when uh, you see the smiles on your customers' faces and, and people are enjoying the, the taste of your king cake. It makes it all worthwhile. So what are the hours of the baker? When do you come in? What happens? I, I come in right after dinner time. So as, as soon as dinner's over with my family, I'd say about 7, 8 o'clock, I say bye to them. And, and I come over to the bakery and um, start the process. And we'll be baking, uh, depending on how many cakes we have to bake that day, we'll be baking up until easily 8 a.m., 9 a.m., all to, to wait noon. We've, we've, we've baked all the way well into the afternoons and 2, 3 p.m. Um, just to, just to keep, yeah, keep try to keep up. Mm-hmm. When does this all get geared up and you start making king cakes? We, we start um, usually about mid-December mm-hmm. is when we start. We, we found out that was probably the most comfortable time for us as well as our customers. King cakes in, in the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday time always go really well together. Uh-huh. So and I personally love the, the Christmas colored sprinkles as well as the, the shapes that we make. Uh, we make a candy cane shape, a Christmas tree shape, a reshape, a Papa Noel. There's so many different things that we make that were just permutations of the, the regular Mardi Gras king cake shape that it, it, it seemed to go really well together. So you all continue to innovate and grow and change. What's going to come new with your generation, Zach? I don't know. The sky's <laughs> the limit. This, his wheels are turning. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm also a, a big proponent of if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, uh, you know, obviously the recipe's there and the, the process is there. It's just more or less streamlining things and, and making things more efficient and just trying to please as many people as possible. I knew that you all had to be the king of king cakes when I saw that you actually had kingcakes.com as your URL. That was quite impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you a funny story of... Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. Spill okay. what, you, what, what you want to spill. Obviously, there's two main ways of saying king cakes. Either, you know, king cakes plural or singular. And um, I asked her a long time ago, I'm like, Mom, I'm like, why, why'd you get just the plural one and not the singular one? And this is right when, you know, the Internet was coming out. It, it, right. And she was like, I only needed one. I didn't want to be greedy. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, <laughs> that's true. I know. That's the God's honest truth. I didn't want to be greedy. Oh. Would have known the Internet would have been like it is today. You all are really yeah. special people. It is such a treat to be here with mm-hmm. you. Thank you. We're, we're thankful for all of our customers and, and happy for our employees and, and just um, thank everybody. We just want everybody to be blessed. Yep. And there's enough to go around. King cakes for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was Trisha Randazzo Zorns and her son Zach Zorns at Randazzo's Camellia City Bakery in Slidell. To hear the extended version of this 2020 interview, visit our website at poppytooker.com. Why are the sugar decorations on a king cake always purple, green, and gold? Stay tuned, and we'll answer that question when we come right back.
I'm Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with major support from Louisiana Fish Fry, breadings, boils, new air fry mixes, and more classic Louisiana dishes available everywhere. Dig into homemade Louisiana flavor. And from the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission, just 40 minutes from New Orleans, Louisiana North Shore's Tammany Taste features the bounty of the bayou and rich culinary culture from award-winning chefs, mom-and-pop restaurants, specialty bakers, and creative mixologists. To discover more, request the newly released Explore the North Shore Inspiration Guide for local stories, custom itineraries, and event information at louisiananorthshore.com. St. Tammany Parish, where New Orleans has come to play and get away for more than a century. Here's this week's culinary quiz question, brought to you with support from Popeye's Louisiana Culinary Institute. Why are the sugar decorations on a king cake always purple, green, and gold? Rex, the king of carnival, selected the official Mardi Gras colors in 1872 to honor the visiting Russian Grand Duke Alexis Alexandrovich Romanov, whose house colors were purple, green, and gold. Purple represents justice, green represents faith, and gold represents power. Personally, if a king cake isn't topped with that crunchy purple, green, and gold sugar, I don't want it. And for goodness sake, don't give me an out-of-season king cake decorated with, for instance, the saint's colors of gold and black? Black sugar? Why? That borders on heresy. I'm Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats. My name is Lauren Myerskoff, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Cocktail & Sons. Lauren Myerskoff wants to make it easier for bars and home bartenders to create craft cocktails. Lauren and her husband, Max Messier, are co-founders of Cocktail & Sons, a company that produces a line of all-natural handcrafted syrups using South Louisiana ingredients. For several years, the company has offered an exclusive king cake-flavored syrup available every carnival season. To kick off this year's festivities, they've announced their latest Mardi Gras-themed venture, Gambino's King Cake Rum Cream. Lauren joined us with all the details. Lauren, this is an extra treat because when it comes to cocktail and sons, I'm most accustomed to speaking to your husband, Max Messier, of whom I'm a very big fan. So this is a real treat to talk with you. Well, thank you, Poppy. It's a treat to talk to you, too. 
When Max told me about your new product, and I said, okay, Max, well, let's schedule a little chat. He said, oh, no, 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 not with me. This has really been my wife's project. So tell us about your new amazing venture. So we started a new venture. It is Gambino's King Cake Rum Cream. Uh, so we got together with the folks at Gambino's Bakery, uh, the king of king cakes, to put our king cake syrup, the Cocktail and Sons king cake syrup, into a cream liqueur branded with their name for this Mardi Gras. That's wild. Who came up with this idea? How did you work this out with Gambino's? For people who are not familiar with Gambinos, I think you bet you got a lot of splaining to do. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So this was um, the brainchild um, of, of a few people, but honestly, it was the people behind the liqueur came to us and said, "Hey, we have this amazing idea uh, for a." cream liqueur that's king cake flavored because there's never been anything like this in the market. And uh, we said, all right, well, what can we do for you? Obviously, because we have the king cake syrup, uh, which has become quite popular in recent years. And uh, it was the combination of us. We went to the people at Midwest. They make a bunch of the cream liqueurs, private labeled. They're out in Wisconsin. So these fresh Wisconsin cream. And they said, well, we have this aged Caribbean rum base mixed with our cream let's see how we can incorporate your syrup. So we did. And after we did this, we had a few samples. We said, hmm, that sounds really good. We approached the folks at Gambino's who we found online, hand to God through LinkedIn. <laughs> hey guys, um, what would you think about putting your name on this? And after a few talks, they tried it and they said, wow, this is really something. We would love to partner up with you guys. And that's how we got Gambino's involved. So Gambino's, you know, they're the largest shipper of king cakes uh, in the nation. They're on Gold Belly right now, but they do all of these wild promotions. So it was kind of a natural fit since they seem to be really well known in the world of king cakes. But this is really a whole new venture because what Cocktail and Sons has been previously has been cocktail flavorings. You've never had anything that was just pour straight out the bottle. It was always mixed with this. Right. So this is a huge jump for your business. It really is. So it's not under the Cocktail and Sons umbrella. This is a totally new company uh, called Sidewalk Side Spirits. Yeah, up until this point, we have just made syrups. So we have, you know, as you know, a core five, our spiced demerara, oleosaccharum, honeysuckle peppercorns, mint and lemon verbena, and now the ginger honey. And then uh, last year we introduced our mixers, which is the uh, mojito and the margarita mixer. And so this is our first alcoholic ready to drink product. Wow. There, it's a good thing that um, prior to you becoming a full-time member of the Sidewalk Spirits and Cocktail and Sons Company, you were um, a lawyer because there was there must have been a lot of hoops to jump through to there's be able a lot to of do this. Crossover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of crossover. I got to tell you, uh, I don't practice law anymore, but that law degree sure comes in handy when you're writing all of these agreements. And and also, what about the 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 liquor laws? I mean, you must have had some ATF 
paperwork that was excessive and wild. Oh huh? my God. Yes. Just drowning in paperwork near the beginning. Um, yeah, the it's ATF and TTV, which is the taxation bureau for the ATF, uh, because obviously everything that's liquor gets taxed on the way out. Uh, so yeah, we had to jump through a lot of hoops in order to be able to do this, but thankfully we have a really supportive team and they made it happen. And honestly, ATF was a little excited about it too. So <laughs> That's inc- I never heard. Fans. <laughs> I never heard any. Nobody's ever told me that ATF got excited about anything. I'm I impressed. Think we have some New Orleanians in the ATF. <laughs> they were kind of excited to see a Mardi Gras liqueur. <laughs> so, Lauren, I understand that you all might have been drowning in more than just paperwork. When I talked to Max, he told me the insane process that you all went through to create enough king cake syrup to be able to create this project. Tell me about the small company, the small business, and and how you all managed to pull this off. So we had to make 1,900 gallons of king cake syrup to ship to Wisconsin for this distillery to make this uh, cream liqueur. Our original king cake syrup, the one that's in the bottle, uh, curdled the cream so we had to completely rebuild it from the ground up but it's still the same base it's still the three brothers uh, farms sugarcane uh, which we're buying you know by the ton literal ton uh, it's great to see a truck just get shipped in with like a ton of sugar on it um, and then we put in a little bit of Louisiana pecan extract um, a touch of uh, lemon peel Uh, but not too much because you don't want it to curdle again. And then we had to make 1,900 gallons. We were doing it in 12-hour shifts. Uh, There was about six of us on the shift pouring it into these giant steel-rigged totes uh, to ship up there. It was insane. We managed to get it done in about two and a half weeks, but it was was quite a project. It's, It's certainly the largest project that we've ever taken on. Tell me about what it tastes like. How do you drink it? What are the things that you are doing with your super cool new product? Oh my God, Poppy, it is king cake in a bottle. It's so delicious. So it has that beautiful cream base, not unlike a rum chata or a Bailey's, but it has this wonderful kind of uh, little punch from the aged Caribbean rum. And then it's just a smooth, beautiful king cake finish with just the tiniest touch of like the lemon, like almost like the citric acid fondant that they put on top, just the slightest touch of it just kind of kisses the tongue right there. Um, and it's great. We love it by itself. Uh, you know, you could put like three ounces of it in a glass over some ice with maybe a shot of rum. And there you go. You got a milk punch, little fortified, get you going in the morning. Uh, and also I just really like it in my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did not wait until January 6th to start pouring it in my coffee. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, where are people going to be able to find this delicious elixir? You can find it in Rouse's, uh, Total Wine, Costco is going to have a palette here in New Orleans, uh, Aquista Pace and Dorniacs for sure. Uh, and Martin Wine, and we'll we'll see about the rest of them. I'm sure by the time this show airs, it's going to be on every shelf, and everybody's going to want one in their bar. I am so tickled for you all. I can hardly wait to see what's going to come next. I guess now that you have a liquor company as well as a mixer company, I bet, the limit. I bet you're dreaming things up left and right, huh? 
We are. We are really excited to see what else we can do with the sidewalk side umbrella. We're really excited to see what comes next. That was Lauren Myerskoff of Cocktail and Sons. That's it for this week's edition of Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Catch up on previous editions of Louisiana Eats on poppytooker.com, where we have 10 years of Louisiana Eats editions available for pod and webcasting, along with recipes and videos, too. That's also where you can sign up for my Mardi Gras cooking class, taking place Saturday, February 6th, sponsored by Crystal Hot Sauce. Join us and we'll all revel in place deliciously this COVID carnival season. Louisiana Eats is made possible with major support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, Louisiana Fish Fry, Camellia Brand Beans, the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission, and from D'Agostino Pasta. Handcrafted in Louisiana from semolina wheat and air-dried over rods in wooden cellars, D'Agostino pasta is made just as it's been done in Sicily for centuries. D'Agostino's all-natural, preservative-free pasta is available in traditional forms, as well as their signature alligator, crawfish, and fleur-de-lis-shaped pastas. Visit D'AgostinoPasta.com to learn more. Original theme music composed by David Pomerlo and performed by Johnny Sketch in the Dirty Notes. Big thanks to senior producer Joe Schreiner and producer and special projects manager Reggie Morris. And to our business manager and social media maven, Maddie Mulladew. Catch up with us anytime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, too. Louisiana Eats is a production of Poppy Tooker Broadcasting. (laughs) 